Hello there. Welcome to the Cone Zone. I'm Grant Cone. That's my dad, Lowell Cone. It's the only show I do every week that starts exactly on time. Today we're going to be talking about the Niners offense and we're going to be making some conclusions, drawing some conclusions here, uh, making some judgments. And what's interesting is we sort of dipped our toe into this pool after the game just by merely asking questions on Twitter and the response that my dad and I got just for asking why did the Niners only score 13 points against the Saints was that we should die pretty much (laughs) more or less and I think that's a very interesting phenomenon how defensive 49er fans are right now about any not even criticism but just anything other than uh praise why do you think that is well, let me uh, just say a little about what happened. And Iggy, you can hear me? I can hear you. Great. Can you hear me? Okay. I can hear you. I, the reason I ask, guys, is because this is the first day we have. Our, I have this microphone. I got my AirPods. I mean, I'm in the 21st century for the first time in my life. So I wanted to make sure it worked right. Let me just give a little background. When the game ended on Sunday, I, all praise to the 49ers. I mean, let's let's put this in context. They've won four in a row. They're a legitimate, a legitimate contender in the in the NFC in the mm-hmm. whole conference. Um, they have a, a star-studded elite defense, and there's a cliche in football: you entertain on offense, but you win on defense. And that's what the Niners are doing. They're living up to that aphorism. They entertain on offense. Sometimes they make you pull your hair out. If I had any hair, and they win on defense. Mm-hmm. All I wondered was with all of these really explosive players on offense, why did they score only 13 points against a Saints team which pretty much stinks, although they have a pretty good defense, and that's clear. Um, And in addition, the Niners had come back from on a short week, had come back from Mexico City, all of that stuff. Still, it's a fair question to ask, and I wasn't saying— and Iggy wasn't saying the Niners suck and they should drop dead because they scored 13 points. As critics and mm-hmm. analysts, we were wondering about it because they're going to need to score more than 13 points Sunday against Miami. Um, and we're going to get into later, can they beat Miami? Will they lose to Miami? But they're going to need to score more than 13 points to beat Miami. So uh, all I did was asked a question. It was an interrogative. It wasn't even a declarative sentence. And the response I got, you know, if someone said, I disagree with you and these are the reasons, fine. Or Lowell, you don't know what you're talking about and these are the reasons. But I got uh, certain uh, responses that really pissed me off. One was, you're a hater for asking a question. How stupid can you be? And the other is, Basically, your son sucks, and now I see why he sucks, because you suck too. So I want to tell you, whenever anybody writes on my Twitter that my son sucks or things of that nature, instant blockage. Uh, You can't do that about my son on my Twitter feed. Or if you say, Lowell, you're a moron or things of that nature, that doesn't advance the conversation. It's just name calling or as I learned the first day in college in philosophy, that's an ad hominem hominem. argument, meaning against the person, which has nothing to do with against the argument. So today there will be no ad hominem arguments. Okay. Um, Iggy, is there more you want to say about it? Yeah. I mean, I think not only is it a fair question, it's the question. Not why did the Niners score 13 against the Saints, but why are the Niners not scoring as many points as they should? They should have one of the best offenses in the league. On paper, everyone thinks they do have one of the best offenses in the league, but they rank 15th in points scored out of 32 teams, which is almost as mediocre as it gets. And it's this isn't September, October. We're almost in December. This is a long pattern. And it's not just that they need to score more than 13 to beat the Dolphins. They're going to need a better, they're going to need to score more touchdowns to win the Super Bowl, which is the goal this year. And they're running out of time to get their offense where it needs to be. So I think we need to ask these questions now as quality control coaches to help the Niners get there because I don't know if they'll get there on their own. But I think what's funny is just what how much pushback there is from 49ers fans. Everyone holds the defense to a high standard, but the offense is like they just have to do enough to win the game. That's great, but if it were the Super Bowl and they won 13-0, I wouldn't criticize the offense, but we're still in the regular season and this team hasn't shown they can win it.
Yeah, uh, it's true. And I'll tell you something. I, I'm not in the press conferences with Carl Shanahan. I'm sure he, when you, when you ask him questions like that, he must put the best face on things. I'll tell you right now, I know how football coaches are. He's in his office alone and he's plotting, which means he's fallen out about what the hell is wrong with my offense. I mean, they got Christian McCaffrey. They, I mean, look, poor Elijah Mitchell is hurt again. And that's a very sad story because he's terrific and he's a really hard worker. But before the game against uh, the Saints, they had Mitchell, McCaffrey, Kittle, Ayuk, Juwan Jennings, Debo Samuel. Are you and people said to me, yeah. I have written on my Twitter, when you say they have a great offensive weapons, that's an overstatement. Bullshit. They have great offensive weapons. And I think Jimmy, you could make a case, is good enough to function, at least get the ball to those great offensive weapons. We've always been kicking Jimmy. I'm not so sure about that anymore. Would you like to move into the into the second topic, Iggy? Yeah, about real quick. What? I think what's funny though, before we do, you just said Kyle's like really staying up late, looking in the mirror, trying to figure out what's wrong with his offense, and I agree. But I doubt his conclusion is that he has anything to do with what with what's wrong with it. He's probably looking for others. It was this fumble. It was that drop. It was this ex- misexecution. Well, that's not the right answer, Kyle. And I don't know if he'll ever get to. But I think we might get. So why don't we? Go there. There are, some, there are some questions. We'll get to them in a minute, but we got some flow. We're going to go with the flow right now. Let's, so we, we asked the question, what's, you asked the question, why do the Niners score only 13 points? I responded on Twitter. I said, one, Kyle, two, Jimmy, the two culprits. So let's start with Kyle, number one. I think what we're seeing with this offense, is the running game hasn't been effective. They brought in Christian McCaffrey. He's averaging 4.2 yards per carry. The run game's not working so well. Let's talk about the passing game, though. All these weapons, all these receivers – and 13 points. So I think what we see is it's a one-read offense. You're used to Bill Walsh and Joe Montana where he would drop back and there was a 1-2-3 ABC progression that Bill Walsh trusted Joe Montana to go through. quickly. Insisted. In- insisted. insisted. On, in rhythm. So if the first guy wasn't open, it's okay. The second guy would be Or the third guy would be open. And that was the expectation. Kyle doesn't really coach that way. There's a progression but from all reports, he is trying to guess the coverage and telling the quarterback where to throw. And he wants the quarterback to throw to the primary receiver. So you, the rhythm of the offense is when Kyle's right, when he's guessing correctly. And there's, you know, there's motions, there's shifts, and he's, he's trying to figure out if it's zone, I want to do this. If it's man, I want to do this. I'll give the, the quarterback two plays, and you'll see Jimmy sometimes call can, can, can. I'm going to the second play. But Kyle's basically saying, I'm going to guess right, and I'm going to make sure that the number one guy is open, and that's and we're going to win. If he's wrong, that's when you start seeing like the whole like chaos. All of a sudden, Jimmy's patting his feet and patting the ball, and it's, it's looking like he's going from one to, oh, my God, where's two? Two doesn't expect to get – two's not looking for the ball. Hey, two, I'll be checked down to three. And that's the Niners' offense when Kyle Shanahan isn't right. It's like everyone's conditioned, well, the ball's going to him. Oh, this is an Ayuk play? Okay, the ball's going to Ayuk. Oh, this is a Kittle play? Okay, the ball's going to Kittle. As opposed to 30 years ago, how the Niners did it then. I think that's part of the problem with this offense. So I want to expand on what you're saying. So if Kittle is not the primary receiver, I'm just using Kittle as an example. It could be any of them. They might not run their route as hard and as precisely because they're not going to get the ball. Is that what you you, you, you is a hypothesis? Yes, and a lot of like film guys have been pointing out this year, like, hey, look at Debo. This is a terrible route. He's not getting the ball, but he's not running particularly hard. And it seems like you're seeing that more than you should from a good offense. The, the routes by the guys that aren't the primary receiver are not uh, as good as they should be. I'm not going to say they're lazy. I mean, they're not as good as they should be. They're not as crisp as they should be. And that, to me, is systemic of an offense. A bunch of players know, you know the tendency. Oh, it's not going to me on this play because, because Kyle is so uh, insistent. I have a, a little clip I want to read to you. This is from a, an article that Mike Silver wrote for the NFL Network, NFL.com, when the Niners were in the Super Bowl. Okay, this is, I just want to read this to you. This is, this is the Niners' offense. He goes, this is Rich Scangarello said this. He just got fired by Kentucky. But at the time, he was a Niners quarterback coach. He says, Kyle, he's talking about season finale 2018. Nick, Nick Mullins is the quarterback. They're playing the Rams. Kyle calls a play, and Nick Mullins throws it to the field instead of the boundary. 
and he gets a completion, but it's not where Kyle wanted it to go. Nick's read wasn't bad. It just wasn't what Kyle wanted on that play. And he MFs me on the headset big time. He goes, I'm going to call it again, and he better throw it there. And so he calls it a series later, and cornerback Akib Talib is playing way off, and Kyle can't tell. And so Nick throws it to the field again, not where Kyle wants it, and Kyle comes unglued on me on the headset. Who the hell is coaching this guy? What the dot, dot, dot? He's just going crazy. What Kyle didn't realize is Talib was playing way off, coverage was kicked that way, and it would have been a pick if Nick had thrown it where Kyle wanted to. And Nick knew that, and he just did what he thought was right, and Kyle was going off on the headset, on the headset. but everyone who watched the play knew he was wrong, but no one said anything. All of a sudden, about 10 minutes later, you hear Mike McDaniel chirp in on the headset, hey guys, wasn't that cloud on the boundary a good decision? And it was crickets, crickets. Now, Kyle wouldn't even remember that conversation. In the heat of the game, he acts out because it's his way of getting his emotions out when he's calling plays so he can move on. The next day, it's like it never happened. That's Kyle. Whoa. Whoa. You could get a completion, and he's like, that's not where I wanted the ball to go. Was that what Bill Walsh was like? I, guess, I, I don't, don't know. know the answer. You know, that's a really good know. question. I wish I had the answer, but I can tell you, his coaches who could listen in on the headsets said that Bill was a bitcher and a moaner and complained all the time. Okay. And in, I, even in one case, I... Iggy, I don't know if I said it on the air, but this really did happen. I guess there was a pick, and and they looked terrible. And he said into the headsets, what am I going to tell the media? And I know that for a fact. So Bill, Blame your quarterback. <laughs> Kyle does. <laughs> so they're, they all are nuts on the headsets. A coach of his told me, he said, what am I going to tell the media on the headsets? Like the media mattered at that moment. That's so funny. Yeah, but I... I so, like, for example, Jimmy Garoppolo will throw some of these interceptions where the guy's right in front of him. Or it's like, how did you – there's so many interceptions. Like, how, not this year. How did you throw that? You were looking right at him. If you had eyes in your, brain, in your head, you would never have thrown that pass. Well, maybe he's got so much pressure from his head coach to throw the ball where he's supposed to throw the ball. You get plays like that where it's like, dude, are you a robot? Did you not see that? I mean, that doesn't necessarily absolve Jimmy Garoppolo of a brain – I mean, of blame because – he, ha- he has the power to make his own decisions, but Kyle must put a lot of pressure. Well, but it also means if, if like Nick Mullins, he sees that the call is wrong. Now he has, a, he has a, a conflict. Yes. Do I do what the coach wants or do I do what's right? And that could really screw you up on a play. Well, either way leads to you getting benched, right? If I do what the coach wants, I get intercepted. He's not going to take the blame. I'll get benched. If I do what he doesn't want, he'll bench me for insubordination. <laughs> Seems like a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. It's it it's it's very tough. Now, I there was another thing you said that I would like you to follow up on. You've told me that you think Kyle only uses half the field with Jimmy. What do you yeah, mean by that? I feel like Kyle tells him, "Look, I want you to read the right side of the field." Uh, they, here, uh, you know, uh, they'll be most of the time you have five, el- five eligible receivers, three on one side, two on another. Uh, he'll tell you, I want you to read one side of the field. This will be your primary receiver. Um, so, for example, they were at the two yard line in this game against the Saints and they had three guys on one side, two on the other. And it looked like there were four defenders on one side and two on the other. And Kyle told him to go to the right side. I don't know why. He completed a one yard pass to Jawan Jennings, a one yard pass. It didn't even get into the end zone. On the other side, Christian McCaffrey was wide open, uncovered. So it's like, is that Jimmy's fault or is that Kyle's fault? Was Kyle in the headset saying, uh, primary is Juwan. I want you reading the right side of the field. Okay, well, then you can't blame Jimmy Garoppolo when Christian McCaffrey is just standing in the end zone like this, trying to get the ball. Um, but someone needs to be blamed for that. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to intercede for a moment. We are not here to dump on the Niners. We are analyzing things. Um, we praise them for having pulled themselves up, discovered their identity, and becoming a force in the NFC. And they weren't a few weeks ago. They're a force in the NFC. But it's not only fair, it's important to discuss their offense because it's the weak link now, and they're playing not great teams. They're playing good teams. And they're going to need to score more than 13 points against good teams. Right. And, you know, they were down. They lost to the Falcons. Their season was looking bad. 
And when you pull back and say, how did the Niners turn their season around? It wasn't the Christian McCaffrey trade. It was the fact that the defense hasn't given up a point after halftime in a month. Wow. In four straight games, they haven't given up a point after halftime. That's how they turned their season around with their defense, and we're still waiting for the offense to get there because the defense is playing like the 1985 Bears, although not against the one good offense they face. This is a very interesting week because this is a very good offense. It's another test for the defense. Well, we'll get to that in a bit. Yes. Uh, Okay, one more thing, and then we'll take some questions. So we've talked about Kyle's responsibility for the offense's uh, underperforming. Let's talk about Jimmy Garoppolo too, because it's not 100% Kyle Shanahan. As we saw, he dialed up that beautiful throw to Christian McCaffrey in the first quarter. It was third and long. Christian McCaffrey motioned out to the out of the backfield, ran a route like he was going to run a quick out route, cut it upfield. It looked he was wide open. Great route, great call. Should have been a touchdown. And Jimmy Garoppolo just missed it by about five to ten yards. And you've talked about this. It's like these throws are a total waste. Um, he just can't hit him. I mean, what what did you think when they called that, when he missed that? When I, what happens is whenever he's, let's say, a bomb, a long pass, I, I actually sort of giggle because I know it's not going to be completed. Um, and Jimmy, he doesn't actually throw it. He heaves it. He heaves it. He puts he it all, everything it. he's got into it. He does. He means well. He heaves it. He does not have a long game. Having said that, neither did Joe Montana. On the other hand, this kid isn't Joe Montana. Uh, Steve had a long game. Joe didn't. But Joe had everything else. Uh, he didn't. He had a. He was great. Yeah. Jimmy isn't at that level. But the, whenever they ask him to throw one of those long passes, like Al Davis would ask, you know, Stabler or any of his Raiders quarterbacks, this kid can't do it. Mm-mm. No. Uh, he can't. So there was that play. But there was another play I saw that is troubling to me. And I think this is why I, I, I question Jimmy's ability to win a Super Bowl. If he could hit these throws, I think he would have won Super Bowls already. But the fact that, first of all, he missed the one to McCaffrey. And he turns down wide up and throws like this that I'm going to show you. I, this is why I still feel like he's the same Jimmy, even though it's nice that he's not th- throwing the interceptions anymore. Let's take a look at the videotape. Okay, here he is. Let's start from the beginning. Now, what you need to know is this is the third quarter. The Niners are up 10-0. It's third and three. Pre-snap, Jimmy Garoppolo's looking around. This is, looks like aggressive man-to-man coverage. All these uh, corners right in the guy's face. This, there's one safety deep. This is a very disrespectful coverage. And it's not disrespecting Ayuk, but basically Ayuk's one-on-one. They're disrespecting Jimmy Garoppolo. Show this where right- Ayuk is. Ayuk is at the bottom of the screen, one-on-one against a cornerback, and there's no safety help. There's just one safety in the middle of the field because they don't think Jimmy is even going to throw that. Most Andy Dalton, if he was the quarterback, would say, oh, Brandon Ayuk's one-on-one. I don't care what the play is. I'm throwing to him. Most quarterbacks would take this. Colin Kaepernick, Alex Smith. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't. He will Because look what it, look what Ayuk, he's going to run deep and get open with no safety help. But look where he's, he's outside. Jimmy's not going to throw this ever. He's open. He should have seen it. He should have. He should have went to the matchup pre-snap. Instead, he throws this pass. It gets intercepted. It, it doesn't count. It comes back. But like Steve Young, Joe Montana, you want this matchup, and the only reason they're giving it to you is because they're dis- disrespecting the quarterback. Oh, he won't throw it, and he won't. He's open. He's open now, and he doesn't even look that way. He should be looking that way before the snap. So ah. that's that's troubling to me about. Uh, this is going to keep happening with Jimmy Garoppolo the rest of his career. It's the way he wants to play football. And when you get in the playoffs and you go against a defense that knows, I don't have to defend go routes on the outside. That's that's a problem. Iggy, that was a, could have been a touchdown play, right? There was Absolutely. no safety help. No safety help. That It would have been just Brandon Ayuk one-on-one against the safety when he finally got there. And if Brandon Ayuk beat them, then it would be a touchdown or a 50-yard gain. How do you not go for that? I don't know. Right. Even uh, most, Alex Smith would have. Uh, most aggressive quarterbacks say, oh, one-on-one, great. Brandon Ayuk is really good, Dad, really good. I had I, I, Coach emailed me today saying uh, if he had a better quarterback, he would be – he reminds him – saying Brandon Ayuk reminds me of uh, Torrey Holt. I don't know if you remember Torrey Holt. But Torrey sure Holt, do. he was with the Rams, with Kurt Warner and um, Isaac Bruce. He was great. He would put up 1,600 yards a year. He was. Fin- he would get down the field. Brandon Ayuk has that kind of ability, but they don't go to him enough. They don't go to him and down the field. He has to run slants and stuff. Right, and let's be clear. 
if they had Trey Lance, the possibility is that he would have taken. Now, again, I don't want to get into that whole thing, but the possibility is, and probably what Kyle understood, he would have attempted that throw. Well, maybe not, because Kyle could have said, I want you to throw to Ray Ray McLeod on this. Right, because <laughs> yeah. it's third and three, and the de- no, seriously, it's third and three, and the design of the play is, um, I think, a, a rub route to get the crossing route open and get a few yards. Great, but you look at the defense, and they're all take tr- like they're all trying to take away the underneath stuff because Jimmy's your quarterback, and they're daring you to throw it deep because Jimmy's your quarterback. And Brandon Ayuk's one on one. It's fair for the quarterback to be to be like, you know what, uh, screw your primary receiver, Kyle. I'm going with my one on one matchup. And the coaches say, good, that's a good decision. I like it. Trust Brandon Ayuk. Whereas, whereas Kyle might say, why did you do that? Why'd you do that? And again, he threw the interception, but there was a, there was a pass interference. You know, it worked out. But I just feel like this is Jimmy will never throw that ball. And so what's the point of Ayuk even running the route? And that's the problem with this team. You get a lot of guys being like, all right, well, here I go. I'm not going to get the ball, but I'll run the route. And that's not a good way to run offense. Ayuk certainly was eager to get the ball on that. Yeah, he was and he jumped around there. when he didn't get it. He uh-huh. jumped around, yeah. Yeah, he should have got the ball. Uh, what the hell do you want from him? One-on-one, he wins, touchdown. Oh, you didn't want that? Oh, my God. Okay. All right, well. And Iggy, that coverage was really, it was just against the run. It was really disrespectful to the passing game. Yeah, I mean, yes, absolutely. Usually when it's third down, Teams will put two safeties deep because they know they're, you're passing, and there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the league, and if you only put one guy deep, you, you could get burned. But Jimmy doesn't even want to throw down the field, so why would you? I mean, really, you should never have two safeties deep against Jimmy, ever. You should always have as many safe uh, defenders close to the line of scrimmage as possible because you know that's where he wants to throw. You do. He will turn down open receivers down the sideline. Like there. You know what I have to say? What? You're a hater. I'm a hater. <laughs> All right. So I think those are the big reasons why the Niners offense isn't scoring as many points. Also, them trying to use Christian McCaffrey as a short yardage back has been kind of funny, but I think maybe they'll stop doing that. That's the last one. <laughs> I mean, maybe they'll stop now because he's hurt a little bit. I don't know. That's it. All right. Let's answer some questions. Okay. This is for Papa Cone as far as coaches go, where does Kyle Shanahan stack up against the legendary coaches that you've covered during your tenure? Yeah. Uh, okay. Let me just say Kyle Shanahan is not a legendary coach. No. He's a, I want to say he's a promising coach, but what year is he in with the Niners? Six. I don't think in your sixth year you can even be promising. He's currently at 500 for his whole career, Iggy. Yes. I'd say he's a pretty good coach. And let me just be real clear. Um, I've covered two football coaches, who one who was the best. You can make a case that Bill Walsh was the best head coach ever. And George Seifert, who should be in the Hall of Fame, won two Super Bowls and was a defensive guru. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would say, and, and I, I don't, I'm not trying to disrespect Kyle. I'm trying to be honest. He is not in the conversation with them. No, if you were having dinner with all the coaches at your house, hosting them, all the coaches you've ever co- uh, covered, he would have to sit at the children's table. At, he's still at the children's table. With yeah. Mariucci, by the way. He's at the yeah. children's table with Mariucci. And other people who get to the to the big table are Holmgren, Walsh, Seifert. And then we'd bring in people from other sports. Right. Um, Al Adels, Steve yeah. Kerr, Bruce yeah. Bochy. Dusty Baker. Uh, Oh, Dusty Baker, and maybe even Frank Robinson, maybe. Yeah. But yeah. but you know, and, and no, Kyle's at the children's table still. But let's uh, give him a round of applause he, for reaching five hundred in year six. And if it, I want to finish one other thing, at the children's table we do give them wine. Yeah. But it's in little tiny cups because it's the children's table, and they're just yeah. getting used to it. Yeah. And they can get some pasta with you know just a little olive oil, nothing nothing too exotic, maybe some butter, some, some rolls. Yeah, Rich Gangarello can from uh, can from Kentucky. Yeah, he left the Niners to become their offensive coordinator, and it didn't go so well. Now he's fired. Maybe the Niners will take him back. I don't think so. We'll see. Sorry, Rich. Modem gamer, uh, modem gamers says thanks for sharing my GoFundMe earlier. Grant, 
Odysseus is seven months old and needs hip replaced. Thank you for any shares. His cat. You're welcome. If you want to help, it's on my Twitter. I retweeted it. House of Jello says, Lowell, you sound immaculate with that new mic. Thanks, House of Jello. I really appreciate that because Iggy had to come over the other day. I want to show you. I am so out of it. And he had it. We had to write down instructions <laughs> on a whole big piece of paper for me. And I had to follow the instructions this morning. And then we had to test it out, the whole thing. Johnny says, Grant, I remember living in San Mateo as a 10 year old kid reading your dad's stuff. I'm in Las Vegas now. Public consensus is the Niners are a team are the team to beat in the NFC according to the sports books out here. That's very interesting. And I wouldn't argue with that. I mean, it's it's a weak conference and the Niners are surging. Yep. Um, it's very interesting to me. Thank you. I still would like to see this game against the Dolphins before I go that far. Jeffrey says, Lowell, you and Grant are a gift to Niner fans. Don't make excuses for being proud of your son. Your relationship with Grant is inspiring to proud dads. Well, that was nice. Thank you, Jeffrey. I really appreciate that. Um, I love I love Iggy and his brother Brian. Dad. That's right. Johnny says, generally it takes me about six games to figure out the 49ers, this specific team, I don't have a read. Johnny, uh, thanks for uh, another question. I totally agree with you. And Iggy and I are going to talk about it in a few minutes. I do not have a read on the 49ers. I have never gone this long in a season and not understood a team. What is the 49ers' signature win this season? <laughs> they don't have I don't one. think they have one. They don't have one. If they win this weekend, that's their signature win. So this is this is big. Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I love it. Yeah. Crow says, could it be that Chris Forster is both O-line coach and run game coordinator that both are not up to quality standard? I think he's doing a pretty good job with the offensive line. I don't think those players are so great. Um, and the run game, yeah, maybe the fact that he has to put so much time and effort into coaching up the offensive linemen, he can't put all the time into the run game that Mike McDaniel did when he was the offensive coordinator. That would be possible. But but don't these other guys, aren't these other two guys the shared run game coordinators? You got Bobby Turner there too. You got a lot of guys there. I don't know. Hard to say. Yeah, how does, I don't know how it works. They also have Christian McCaffrey, who's the greatest running back since Marshall Falk or Roger Craig, I was told. Niner by Nature says, we all know Jimmy starts slow, gets hot, finishes poorly, but Kyle Shanahan is a freaking clown. Get someone in here to develop Trey now. Whoo! That's rough. Wow. wow. That's rough. I don't, That's rough. Um, I, I want to say, hold on. I don't consider Kyle a clown. I consider yeah, I him a clown. He's a very serious coach. He has very interesting ideas about offense, but he also has limitations, gaps. And I, his micromanaging negative style. The other thing that, that Scangarello said is he's very demanding and he holds – he rides you. He rides you with essentially negativity. And Jake Plummer said the same thing about his dad. What's interesting is what's going on in Miami, and the Niners might beat Miami, but Tua Tagovailoa was a first-round pick. He really was on the way to being a bust. Mike McDaniel comes in and all of a sudden Tua's playing well and Tua keeps saying, you know, I, was, I, I lost all self-confidence. And McDaniel told me I was good. I was looking in the mirror at night saying, do I suck? McDaniel comes in and gives me a 700-clip video of my best plays to remind me that I'm good. And and so, like, th that, that's the whole story in Miami that, like, McDaniel is feeding him confidence. And it's like, well, I guess he saw that the other approach isn't really great with quarterbacks. He's been with Kyle for 20 years, and all of a sudden his approach is the exact opposite. Hmm. Maybe Kyle should work on being nice sometimes <laughs> i'm just saying didn't didn't Iggy. walsh tell me that that tell you that players have egos and you want them to have them like you want them to feel confident no that was jimmy lefever he told jimmy me LeFevre. that about okay uh, uh, about ken seiko he said when he was an assistant uh you know a, a coach with them not a manager and he was always around me he was always praising ken seiko and he and he said lowell he has a big ego and and he needs that big ego to hit home runs and i'm always there to to uplift his ego. Bill did not praise. Uh, hmm. Bill Walsh did not praise. Steve Young, hmm. to I've told this. Steve Young said they would work on something in practice and they'd get it. And instead of saying, good going, Steve, Bill would say, on to the next play. He wouldn't praise. And one time, um, the, the athletic department asked me to do a little video uh, praising Stanford sports. I'm a Stanford graduate. Mm -hmm. And um, so Bill called in all his coaches 
we closed the lights and they showed the video. I was pretty good. And I was knowledgeable. I had spent six years at Stanford. I had even taught there. When it was over, Bill didn't say a word, just got back to their coaches. And I thought, okay, Shh. okay. thanks, Bill. That made my day. Like you went out of your way. and Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, I, I didn't get paid for it. Yeah. Corey says the Niners may be the team to beat, but I'll say this based on what I've seen, they're just as likely to go one and four in the next four games as uh, than four and zero. Oh. Yeah, man. Well, that that uh, emphasizes that other people are as confused by them as we are. Absolutely. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, I mean the pattern is that if they're not playing teams in their division, their offense is going to struggle scoring points. Don't know what to say about their defense. Their defense has been great. But they haven't faced an offense like this since Kansas City, so I don't really and know what to expect good. from their defense. Iggy, yeah. before you go to the next question or comment, I have yes. a question for you. Sure. What is what is Mike McDaniel like? What is Mike McDaniel like? At least in these press conferences, he's exactly what I want an offensive coach to be like. He's not defensive. You can ask him, question, why did this happen? Why didn't this happen? He is calm. He's uh, like a teacher. He wants to explain. He he doesn't take uh, pointed questions personally. He looks at him as an opportunity to get you on his side. He's like Robert Sala in that way. He's very good with people. He's gets you on his side quickly. Um, really smart. Has you learn from him? It's like you you start to feel like a student. It's nice. Did, did you have positive feelings about him? Yeah, absolutely. He's he, he keeps it light in press conferences. He cracks jokes. Um, you know how some some coordinators just get defensive all the time. Well, <laughs> he's yeah. not like that at all. He's not like that at all. It's nice. Okay, I'm yeah. going to ask you another thing. What does he look like in person? He looks like the captain of the chess team. He's about five foot five. He's got a comb over. Um, he's little. He doesn't look like he coaches or plays football. Uh, he even has a slight, slight stutter. Slight. He just doesn't come across as a the big like Robert Sala is six foot four. He's he lifts weights and he's two hundred forty pounds. He's not that kind of a guy, but he has this like confidence that's really endearing. He'll have like, gold rim glasses. He he looks like he's I don't know like he just won the the, the video game competition and he won a million dollars or something. He's very confident in himself, but it's unclear where the confidence com- comes from. He's a little squirrely, but he's really smart, clearly. And he seems like he has a very clear idea of how he wants to run a team. When he went to Miami, I haven't said this before. I've never met him, but I had the idea that the way you described his looks, that professional football players would not take him seriously as a head coach. Because, as you say, he's like the captain of the chess team. So... He, that's something he had to overcome. Believe me, in that physical world, he had to overcome his appearance. But he he apparently did it no sweat. Well, it's it's something that I think he's been doing for a long time. He knows ah. he, how he comes across. And so that's why he has this whole personality of self-deprecating. He is got a lot of humor. He um, doesn't take it. He probably expects people to look at him a certain way, and he understands it, and he diffuses it with humor. And he's really easy to like. And I think from players' perspective, instead of having a guy who looks the part and yells and is like an old school coach, this guy is a new school coach. He's your friend. He's your biggest uh, cheerleader. And he's like the guy, he's like your tutor. Like he's giving you the answers to the test. And you feel like, hey, man, I want this guy to be my friend. Yeah, he's a little strange. He doesn't really look like a popular kid, but he's going to get me an A in the class, and I'm bringing him to my party, and he's cool because he's he's can hang. He just seems like the guy you wouldn't expect to be friends with the popular kids, but is friends with the popular kids. Do you know that guy? Mm. <laughs> yes. Yes. The way you describe his personality, not his appearance, is Dusty Baker. Interesting. Yes. Dusty, of course, Dusty was an athlete. Yes. But Dusty... Friends with the players, positive, help yes. you get an A on. Do you know what Dusty would do sometimes? What? If he had a player who was slumping and he knew the player's favorite dessert, he would have to see him do it. He'd come into the clubhouse and say, here's, here's eat this dessert. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Got to have a positive mindset. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's interesting. 
He's the exact opposite of Kyle Shanahan, and yet they were joined at the hip for 20 years. Give me two ways that they're the exact exact opposite. Um, Kyle Shanahan is really tall. He's like the face man of a group. And it's like, he's like, like Mike McDaniel's like Cyrano de Bergerac. You know, he's the guy that has, all, he's like <laughs> the great poet, but he can't actually approach it. But it, it's almost like the Shanahan's are like, look, Mike, look at you. You're never going to make it in this industry. But if you stick with Kyle and just, you're his, you're his, uh, his right hand man, you can go far. So Kyle has none of the social graces that Mike McDaniel has. He says, um, constantly. He, he. Uh, gets defensive. He doesn't like explaining himself if he if you're not praising him. I mean, he really has like a lot of he does a lot of things that adolescents would do that you would think, well, he'll grow out of that socially. A little rough around the edges. Mike McDaniel isn't like that at all. Isn't like that at all. Okay. I'm glad know. we did this little interlude. I always like to to talk about personalities and to also compare personalities. And Mike McDaniel has he, a sense of humor and he's positive. Kyle Shanahan doesn't have a sense of well, he he wants to think he has a sense of humor, but not he's not really funny, and um, he's relentlessly negative. With he even says it like he, he when he goes and picks out a new house with his wife, she'll like it. She'll say, "What do you think?" He'll say all the things he doesn't like, and she'll be crying. He's like, "Well, what? What? I just that's how I do it. I have to lay out all the things I don't like about something first before I before I like it." So he's constantly focused on why things aren't good enough. Which is, I think, tiring. It's exhausting. It's tiring, yeah. It's exhausting. And I, he has no really good relationships with any qu- quarterback he's ever worked with. Ever. Even him and oh, Jimmy. I, think, I mean, I think yeah. he and Jimmy love each other. Yeah, oh no, they have a great, yeah. And so did Robert <laughs> Griffin and Matt Ryan and all of them, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jimmy, I he, we, they caught him saying that stuff, right? <laughs> About your MF and plays. And then your they plays try to, suck, man. Your yeah. plays suck. And then they try, those two tried to make light of it. But you know what? I think that's the truth. <laughs> he didn't slip. It's They don't probably don't get on. No. I, none of his former uh, quarterbacks have anything nice to say about him. So maybe Bill Walsh was was negative too, but I, I think probably Steve and Joe would have nice things to say about him. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Maybe I, not. You know, I, don't I don't know. know. I mean, I'll tell you that Joe, I don't believe even to this day likes George Seifert because George Seifert got rid of him. And I do know that Bill would call plays. This I know because one of the offensive yeah. linemen, Keith Von Horst, rest in peace. What a wonderful guy. He's, yeah. he was, I used to love to talk to him, and he said sometimes I'd be in the huddle, and Bill, uh, Joe would come in, he says, you're not going to believe this shit that Bill just called. And what's more, I told Bill that it, well after they had all retired, and you know what? Bill laughed his ass off. He, he could imagine he, he called shitty plays too. Yeah, absolutely. That's funny. I can believe it. Joshua Wyatt says, callback interception was a function of McLeod getting bumped. That's Kyle's offense. Even if quarterback is perfect, it is going to lead to picks. Is Jimmy being imperfect on purpose, leading to fewer picks? I don't know. Stone the ball away. Maybe that pisses Kyle Shanahan off. I'm glad that he's not throwing picks. Picks is about the worst thing you can do. That's true. And he doesn't throw enough touchdown passes to offset his mistakes. WK says, even Papa Cone is tired of your Jimmy hate. Jimmy is not an elite quarterback, but he's still a top 15 quarterback. I'm not tired of his Jimmy hate. Let, uh, let's get real clear here. First of all, Iggy doesn't hate Jimmy. I'll hate He's Jimmy. He's analyzing Jimmy. Yeah. He's talking about this team, and the quarterback is the most important player. I'm eager to talk about the quarterback. So Iggy doesn't hate him, and this is fair. So Papa Cone is not tired of it. Don't enlist me on your side. Yeah. Whoever you and are. It, and if you have this offense with all these weapons and, and they're only scoring, you know, they're 15th in points, you got to look really closely at the two most important people in the offense, the coach and the quarterback. You can't just blame everything on the right tackle. It's not Mike McGlinchey's fault that the Niners are scoring like 10 points per game fewer than they should be. That's not his fault. Iggy, the in same. the second half against the Saints, they scored three points. Three points. How is there not blame for that? How I mean, unless unless well, at least if you want to blame, say, let's not use the word blame. How yeah. is it not a raised eyebrow about that? Yeah. How is it not discussion about that? That's fair. I wish SF had hired Sam Washington instead of Mariucci. Says Jay Mill. Man, that's taking it back. Uh, that's taking it back. And also, look, um, Steve did pretty well with them. Yeah. Uh, he did. I believe that Sam Weish Sam died, right, sweetie? I believe he did. I believe he did. did. He? 
wow. check it out. I think Sam died. Jeez. Did he really? He did. Wow. He died two years ago. Wow. Yeah. And you used to talk to him on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Sam Weish. I talked to Keith Von Horst on the, phone, on the phone too. Just when Dwight died and a, a couple yeah. of weeks before Keith died. Yeah. Um, Sam Weish, let me say this, was a much brighter man than Mariucci is um, and had a much broader and more creative sense of uh, offense. But he was mercurial. He was up and down, uh, his personality. Um, and Mariucci is a more steady guy. So I'm not sure who would have been a better head coach. I think the Niners were trying to get one of Mike Holmgren's disciples. Uh, at the time, he was doing great in Green Bay, and there was Gruden, Mariucci, and Andy Reid that were on that staff, and Andy Reid was the guy. They didn't get him. You think? Andy Reid was the one. He was the one. But was it was Kyle? What did Kyle think? Of Andy Reid? Did he was he impressed or was he always was he? Did he not have? I don't know. I don't Andy Reid's pretty good. He is pretty good. But it, uh, coaches are always so jealous of each other, right? Well, Bill Walsh uh, never praised any other coach that I ever heard. He always <laughs> ever. said, "Ever if I ever mentioned whatever coach it was," and Bill's response was, "He's not cutting edge." Gee, that's insecure. I'm sorry. Can't you praise someone? MF said, did McGlinchey play well versus New Orleans? No. 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 Absolutely not. Kev F said, uh, for Bay Area football fans, Week 17 is the real Super Bowl this year. As Oaklanders, are there many Raider fans left there? Uh, just Josh McDaniel Is Josh McDaniels better than Kyle Shanahan? Beat Denver and Seattle. Um, We're going to find <laughs> out about uh, Mike. That's a good point. Josh McDaniel. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I don't no. know about that. No, he he's so far bad. he stinks. No, 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 he stinks, and he stunk he before. Stinks. Now he may rise above stinkitude, but he hasn't yet. But the other other um, Oaklanders, other Raiders fans, hell yeah, hell I yeah, so. I yeah. So. I, I when I go around Oakland, I see people wearing Raiders T-shirts and stuff like that. You got to remember, even though they're gone, the Raiders. It's the one Oakland team that didn't move here. They're native to Oakland. They left twice. But there's not like the A's came from Kansas City, right? And they're originally, yeah, yeah like the, the Warriors came from the Warriors came. They from both Philly. came from Philly, right? So we're we're like Philly West, except for the Raiders. The Raiders were the weren't they the El Senors at first? Am I wrong? I don't they remember. Ke, uh, Sean O'Leary says I took the four points and bet the Dolphins this week. A mobile quarterback with deep threats and uh, deep threats and arm strength plus four points. Back up the truck. Would love to be wrong, but. Head and heart in different spots. Niners are four point favorites this week. Very interesting. It's is that you think that's because Vegas thinks they're that much better, or because that's where well, they get the three them? points for being home. True. So they think they're one point better. Better defense. B. White says, "Hope this is not the Brian Allen game versus Dolphins 2020. Signing Jack Rabbit, Jenkins, practice squad, etc. Everything leading up to it. LOL, go Niners. I don't know if you remember the last time the Niners played the Dolphins was two years ago." They, play, they started Brian Allen off the practice squad at cornerback, got lit up. Jed York left at halftime. I reported it. People said it wasn't a big deal. I remember Jed left at halftime. He probably had a pressing business engagement. He drove the wrong way down a one-way street and got stopped by the cops. And they were like, Jed, sir, please drive the other way. We don't want to have do to this. tell your mother. We don't want to have yeah. to tell your mother what you did. She'll put you on timeout. Yeah. <laughs> Flave Cohn says, hey guys, we still on for our family dinner this week. Flave Cohn. You got it you somehow Flave, you got in the in the family? Yeah, because you All named you got him. is a name from us. Yeah, I like he you, wants Flave. you to be his dad. Yeah, but we like we don't like it that much, baby. <laughs> David says, I believe Shanahan has reached a five hundred regular season record for the first time in his Niners tenure, a milestone. Yeah. Well good job, all Kyle. Praise. You did it. He freaking <laughs> did it. <laughs> All right, let's get to the next part of our show. Let's look Let's look ahead. Everyone wants to talk about this. Everyone wants to watch this game between the Niners and the Dolphins. It's going to be the best game of the season so far for the Niners. Let's go through the different possibilities, the different outcomes, starting with the negative one, how the Niners lose to the Miami Dolphins. What would have to happen in your mind for this to happen? Okay. Um, remember, we're going to do in a minute how they beat the Dolphins. And the reason we're doing 
let's say, a pro and con, is because we don't understand the Niners, nor do we understand the Dolphins. I don't know that much about them because I haven't covered them. Well, I haven't covered the Niners, but Iggy doesn't. I pay attention. Okay, um, the Niners lose because the Dolphins' passing game is so otherworldly. It exposes the Niners' defense as not quite as good as we thought, and the Miami passing game takes them apart the way Kansas City did, mm-hmm. and they're able to, to have an effective running game because the pass opens everything up for them. And one other thing, and then I'll give it to you, Iggy. The Dolphins have such a high-powered offense, even though Jimmy might play well, they can't keep up. They can't score enough points to keep up with Miami. That's my losing scenario. How about you? Uh, Let's look at the other side, Um, the Niners' offense. No Elijah Mitchell. When he's rolling and you can give him 15 carries, the Niners are tough to beat because he's so good, but he's out. And so now, how are they going to run the ball? Christian McCaffrey's day-to-day. He may not even practice this week. We don't know. Are they going to give him 23 carries? Is that the way to go? And, you know, are they going to be able to run the ball at all? If Because they haven't been able to run the ball very well the last few weeks. And if Mitchell's out, if, are they going to use Jordan Mason? Is McCaffrey compromised? Or is this all of a sudden a one-dimensional team? If this is all about Jimmy Garoppolo passing and it's been that way the last couple of weeks, well, is this the week that he throws interceptions? He hasn't thrown an interception in a while, but he's come close. And this is he's going up against Mike McDaniel, who used to be his offensive coordinator, knows all of his tendencies. If the, if the Dolphins put this game in, my, in Jimmy Garoppolo's hands and take away the run, this might be the week where the turnovers happen, and that's usually when the Niners win. The last four lose. weeks they haven't lost, l- l- lose. The last four weeks they haven't lost, he hasn't thrown a pick. So that would be one way they lose. Jimmy Gar- The old Jimmy Garoppolo shows up. Okay. Uh, yeah. That seems to me uh, a credible hypothesis. Let's go the other way. Um, okay. Niners beat him. Um, may I go first? Please do. The Niners' defense is everything we think it is and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I looked up some stats. Um you know, in many ways, Miami is kind of ordinary. They, they, their run game is, is no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, their defense is no big deal. They're, they're really a fairly ordinary team in those stats, but their passing stats are phenomenal. So the Niners' defense, and I'm emphasizing the defense, uh, is so great, it completely eliminates the run game. And now Tua... I, I can't say his last name. I apologize. It's easier for me to say Tua. Tua uh, has to, you know, bombs away, and the Niners take advantage of it, pick him off, sack him, uh, do what they do. Um, I, that's what I see. And uh, I don't think Miami, which I'm going to call a new team, it's mm-hmm. a new team with a new coach, has faced a game of this magnitude yet. This is like a playoff game for both of these teams. It defines both of these teams. I think the Niners are more up to that challenge. And if the Niners can limit this great point-scoring offense of Miami, um, I think Jimmy plays well, and they find a way to run the ball with with Mason. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. It's like, let's talk about the defense. I think it really depends on Eric Armstead. He's been out. And the Niners' defense has played really well without him. And I, 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 I'm i not the biggest Eric Armstead fan. I think he's a little overrated, but he does do certain things. He doesn't get a lot of sacks, but he's huge, and he creates pressure. He makes he makes the—first of all, two is like six feet tall. Armstead's like six seven. He's right in the middle. He gets pressure. Two has to start moving. It's hard to find throwing lanes, and when you start moving, you could move into Nick Bosa or someone else. I don't think the Niners' pass rush has been great the last month. The defense has been great, but the pass rush hasn't been. And so maybe the reason they've been playing such good defense is they've played bad offenses. When they face Kansas City, it's like the defense wasn't even on the field. They got freaking eviscerated. I don't think Kansas City ever punted. So um, I want to see uh, what Eric Armstead can do 
because he didn't play in that game. There was no pressure on Patrick Mahomes. He was like at the beach. If Eric Armstead can create some pressure, I think uh, the Niners' defense should be able to shut down the Dolphins' offense. If they can't get pressure, you have two of the fastest wide receivers in the league. I don't think any coverage works. Man coverage, zone coverage. I don't think there's anything you can do. They got to knock Tua down. That's how they beat Miami. It starts there. And then on offense, maybe using that 24, Jordan Mason. It's not that he's so great. It's just that they're at the two-yard line, and they're so confused about how to score touchdowns. Well, maybe stop trying to pound it in with a 200-pound running back. That's a start. You got a 230-pound running back. He might be better. There's that. There's that. So I want to summarize what you're saying. First of all, is Armstead going to play? He practiced on Friday. Kyle was asked about it yesterday, and he says he's confident that, that confident that Armstead's going to practice all week. So okay. we'll see. We'll see. Let's say looks he's like he's on play. track. Looks like he's Let's on track. Let's say he's yeah. going to play. So he's an added ingredient that puts pressure on the little quarterback. Yep. The little quarterback has to run for his life, and he's running right into Bosa or somebody else very big and very talented. Uh, and the 49ers running game, especially near the goal line, is more powerful than it was last week. Yes. Now, still, the Niners' offense has to score touchdowns. This is an offense that when they're not playing a division opponent, they've been awful. 10 points against Chicago. Uh, 10 points against Denver. 13. 14 points against Atlanta. 13 points against New Orleans. Okay. Tell me how they're going to score more points. Tell us. Well, when they're in the red zone, I'm thinking... Instead of throwing passes in the flat to Kyle Juszczyk, throw passes in the end zone to Jawan Jennings. Good things happen when you throw passes in the end zone to Jawan Jennings. And when you're at the one-yard line, or the two, when you're at the two-yard line, hand the ball to Mason instead of McCaffrey. And when you're at the one-yard line, remember that play? They're at fourth and goal from the one. Jimmy Garoppolo's in the shotgun. He runs around and, and tries to run in and gets stopped. How about a quarterback sneak from the one? Have they ever gotten stopped on a quarterback sneak ever? I, I, don't, I don't know. Actually, Simple shit Jimmy's like that. Jimmy's very good at those. Jimmy's good at those. Yeah. Just simple common sense stuff like that is what I would recommend. And you feel they can win with simple – in your win scenario, they can win with that? I think so. I mean, if their defense gets pressure on Tua, the Niners' offense, if they can score 23 points, should be able to win the game. But they've struggled getting to 23 points against teams that aren't in the NFC West. So can you score when you're at the three-yard line? I don't know. Kyle. You think, you think 23 points would do it? I don't know. If the defense gets pressure, yes. If not, then no. No. Miami could put up 37 points. So I, I don't, we don't know. Maybe Eric Armstead plays, but he's ineffective, gets hurt again, only plays 10, 10 snaps. Who knows? I don't know. Now, Miami's left tackle's hurt. That helps. Bosa should be going up against a backup. That helps. I don't know. You seem to feel like – I'm starting to – Sense that you think the Niners are going to win this game? No, I'm starting to. Uh, I'm asking for a positive scenario, and you and you're criticizing them. You could have criticized them in the first part. Well, how did I criticize them? Well, they don't what do this. That? They don't do that. They don't do that. Oh, they do all those things. Sorry, I take it back. No, I, I, this was a winning scenario. Okay. They okay. No, I, I didn't I'm realize not it. Thinking they're going to win. No, you did realize. I'm not thinking they're going to win. I'm gave a winning scenario as be, earlier. I gave a losing scenario. Okay. That was well, I forgot what I said. I don't even remember what I just said. <laughs> Sorry. So that's. I'm not saying I think they're going to win. I'm saying okay. for this exercise, I gave a scenario how they could win. I thought I did. Now but I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Give us three points why you think – not why you think, why in this game – you. In the game we're playing with each other, they can win. Three points. Because Armstead's going to come back. He's going to be great. They're going to get pressure on Tua. Uh, Tua's, the pressure's going to make Miami's offense look pedest- not pedestrian, but average. And then the Niners' offense will continue to get inside the red zone. And this week, they'll actually score because we've given them so many great ideas about how to punch the ball in. That's why they're going to win. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And if they win, they owe you a nickel. At least one nickel. Maybe two. <laughs> maybe time. <laughs> Jay Good says Jimmy gets hurt, Purdy plays loss. Ooh, that's... Ooh. That's... Can you bet on that? Can you bet on, like, really morbid prop bets like that? I don't know. 
Oh, you can bet on anything. Know. They have bets that Jesus Christ is going to come down at a halftime of the Super Bowl. I know there's a bet like that. You don't know that he won't. He could be a big <laughs> fan. B. White Rip. says Niners win in style like Saints versus uh, Niners in 2019. In style. You think it's going to be a high-scoring 45-42 kind of a game? I don't know what Maybe. style means. In style. Curtis Diggins says, what's up, Iggy and Pops? Niners have to uh, have to have long drives ending with touchdowns, also mixing coverage and showing all-out blitz to throw off two quick reads. I love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, Irfan Mirza says, how does SF defend the speed of Miami's receivers? Hit Tua. They don't. They don't. That's a tough matchup for the Niners. They could play man and get burned. They could play zone and give up a bunch of short catches. But one way or another, they can't really match up. So it, they just need to hit Tua. That's okay. what I would say. Before you go to the next question, okay, um, size up Tua for me as a quarterback. What is your impression of him and your evaluation of him? Tua um, has quick feet. He moves well. He's not a big scrambler, but he creates space for himself. He's not as small as Russell Wilson, but he's kind of small. But the way he throws is like throwing a Nerf ball. You, you know a Nerf ball? It kind of floats. There's nothing on his throws. But – He's very accurate. He throws with anticipation. He's a good thrower. But you know, like they say someone can like thread the needle. He can't thread the needle. He doesn't have anything on his throat. It's like a balloon going through the air. It's a Nerf ball. So he needs he needs space. He needs wide receivers running into space. And he can hit them beautifully. If you give him Christian McCaffrey running down the field, he'll hit that throw. If you give him Brandon Ayuk running up the sideline, he'll hit that throw. But the ball is just like on a parachute. Um <laughs> It's cute. It's a, it's a little cute. But so it looks like he's throwing a Nerf ball. That's what it looks like. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. He's a good player though. I mean, I'd rather have him than Jimmy. Jimmy. I used to call him left-handed Jimmy, but he's like now he has confidence. Which is nice. Flave, Lenore the weak link, but I don't think Tool will be able to take advantage of him under pressure though. Cross-country travel for Dolphins like Niners to cover assuming Jimmy Garoppolo and McCaffrey truly healthy. Well, I don't know if they are truly healthy. Kyle says they're uh, – here's the thing. Kyle says he's he's um, sore but healthy. Well, let's hear Jimmy's side of the story, right? They always kind of have different stories, at least the way I've seen it. Jimmy, how you feeling? Ah, uh, you know, it is what it is. I'm expecting that. Jay Rivera says Arby's or Subway? A couple more. <laughs> I like Jay Rivera. Couple more. Zay Torres says red zone inefficiency, settling for field goals, and not being able to match up with Miami speed is how we lose. If we win, time of possession, put the ball in the box, and hurry to a we should win. I think he's right. I love it. I think he's absolutely right. We stole his ideas. All right, well, that's the show. It was a good show. We asked some important questions. We drew some important conclusions, and we laid out two scenarios because, but we didn't lay out how the Niners tie. It's okay. <laughs> Let me say this. A tie is no good for either team. No. Because both teams want to make a statement. That's true. A tie ain't a statement. And it's funny. You say it's not really a playoff game. And both teams have winning records. And both teams are probably going to go to the playoffs one way or another. But it definitely is a statement game. And it's a defining game for both teams. Winning this um, game is a huge confidence boost. And losing it makes you feel like, who are we? Iggy. In the first season, Niners were good. Was that 80, 1980 or nineteen eighty one when they won the Super 81. Bowl? Eighty one. Was it eighty one? Um, they were playing well. I, I was in New York covering the World Series, and I was planning to come home. And um, my editor at the Chronicle, Michael Berger, called me and said, "Look, don't come home. The Niners are hot. They're going to Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh was a good team then. Right. Go to Pittsburgh." cover that game, then come home. It was after the World Series. And the Niners... Week nine. Beat, week nine. Okay. The Niners beat Pittsburgh. Ira Miller and I and the other writers were waiting outside the locker room. There's a 10-minute cooling-off period. We heard them cheering like they were a college team because mm -hmm. they had just Pete beaten the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh and showed they belong. This yeah. is that kind of game the Pittsburgh game for that team, this is that kind of game for these 49ers and for these Miami Dolphins. I'm looking at that team. This is week nine. They won that game 17-14. So yeah. they won it with defense. 
Then two week, then the next they their offense wasn't scoring a lot of points. Next week they win 17 uh 14 again. The next week they lose 12 to 15 to Cleveland. Then they never lose again. From November 22nd on, they score 13 33 points, 17, 21, 28, 21, 38, 28, 26. Never lose again. Their offense comes alive down the stretch. The yeah. Niners need that to happen. If it does, they can win it all. Yeah, because it seemed like that 81 defense was really, really good. Okay, so that's our show. We end in a very positive note. Yeah, I the really positive note this. is that the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl. We, there it is. <laughs> Iggy, oh, it's your boy questions. C. Diggy. I'm happy I caught alive. C. Diggy, my boy. Thank you, Curtis. Appreciate you. I think that's the whole show and nothing but the show. Yes. Thanks for watching, everyone. Dad, I'll call you. I love you, Iggy. I love you too, Dad. See you guys. Take care, everyone. Thanks.